to the State of the Franchise, the podcast where we talk about franchises of all sizes, shapes, and all sorts of things. I'm here with the number one guy. It's little Tommy Stadler. Thanks for that one, Fred. <laughs> Happy to be here. Happy to, to welcome in everybody to another week of this lovely show of ours. How are you feeling this week? I'm pretty excited. Uh, we're going to talk about something that is kind of a thing that people don't know about. It's something that our guest, who we'll get to, we'll get to him in a second, has had brought up to me like a bunch of times. And mm. I did the thing like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to, I'll get to it. And I got to it and I got into it. And that's kind of how it's been for most people. And that is Taskmaster, the UK show. And we have... One great guest here, a returning guest. Yes, indeed. One Mr. Mike Schwantz. Mike, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back. How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. How y'all doing today? I'm doing okay. I feel I didn't hit like the, it's little Alex Horn. I feel if I just <laughs> says, say Alex Horn, I can do it. It was hard doing the Tommy Stads. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't have a name that rolls off your tongue because it's got that German, that Stadler. Mm-hmm. Like it's just. Yeah, you feel like you're like chewing on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Mike Schwanz. It rolls off the tongue there. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because like people even who know me as just Mike or know me for years and only know one Mike. All Mike Schwanz. Hey, it's Mike Schwanz. Not Mike. Yeah, Schwanz. It's never Mike. It's just your entire name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, back from our Curb Your Enthusiasm episode and here to talk about another TV show, but from, as Fred mentioned, the other side of the pond, that is Taskmaster, a comedy panel game show who, as you were talking about, Alex Horn is the creator of it and uh, hosted by one Greg Davies, who I guess co-created it. We'll probably get into that. And basically they have celebrities do random tasks with made up rules and create a game out of each task and rank people based on how they performed at that task. Does that pretty much cover it, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yes. And this is my biggest pitch for the show for all of us in the U.S., it's like pretty much all free on YouTube. Yeah. Like all yeah. of it. Almost everything is available, like full seasons, full episodes. Like, everything is there. Yeah, absolutely. So you were the one that found this, Mike? Is that it? So it was during uh, lockdown. Okay. And like I used to, I still, I'm still on YouTube a lot, but I used to be on it so much more. And I just came across one task, and it was the one where they're like a train depot. Okay. And you had to get as close to Alex without him seeing you. And <laughs> I watch it, and I'm like, what in the world is this show? And I found another little snippet here, another little snippet there. And then I found a playlist that had full episodes, and oh, I'm like, wow. I'm in. I'm in 100%. <laughs> like, no test in the water, no. Like, kaplunk, cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> and you just ripped off through it through the whole pandemic? <laughs> Pretty much. I watched, like, every episode, like, almost back to back. I couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop. It was, it was so addictive. I just, I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a good way to describe it, too. It's kind of like the successful thing where, you know, I think people talk about, and I, especially Japan, they have game shows that you watch that seem ridiculous. And, like, we've tried to do it here. Like, Mike Myers, remember we had the gong show? Oh, yeah. And he came out in that scary, like, makeup. 
like I feel Taskmaster is the successful version of this where it's like a wacky game show, but it's really honing in and like letting the contestants flex their comedic muscles. Everyone yeah. who is on it can shine and show what they're good at in like comedy. And like and they get so many different varieties of people, mostly comedians, but they'll have musicians and like, you know, actors or actresses and whatnot. And like you, and you mentioned the Japanese game show, it's very on the brink of humiliation humor. It's it's not quite there. Yeah, but it's very like look at like why did you think to do that? But oh, but you did it this way. Oh, that's funny. I never even thought of that. And I just like you mentioned, it's it's great to see. It's like a human experiment. You see how yes. different people just react to very simple rules. Yeah, I would definitely say, and I've not seen as much of the series as you guys, but there are some tasks that are a little humiliating. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, disgusting. Especially to Alex, dude. Like, Alex, he puts up with a lot of nonsense. Yes. Like, I think he might like it, but it's, it is, you know, there's some episodes I'll think of that just like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like I can never, never do some of the stuff that they did. And it is weird. This show, remi- like, for some reason, it gives me, not just because it, well, it is because it's British. It's like the flip side coin of the Great British Bake Off for me. It's like <laughs> the two-faced other side of it where it gives me this, like, warm comfort food feeling, but it's, like, also kind of fun and, like, late night comedy. Like, yeah. No, that's actually a great point because I feel like, and, and British humor in general is so tight. It's so, like, well-rounded. Right. Yeah, it's definitely has like a feel to it, and this is probably the zaniest like that you've seen since like Benny Hill or like Monty Python, where sure. it just feels a little like off the rails a little bit, and it feels like you rarely do get British comics kind of doing that now. Mm-hmm. So, where did you finally get into it, then, Fred? I would say later in the pandemic, <laughs> like eventually, <laughs> I did get into it, and. I did, I will say to anyone gain into it, I started kind of just jumping around like the big, I would say the most recognizable name for like Americans would probably be Noel Fielding, yeah. who has been in the Mighty Boosh, the IT crowd, and a bunch of other stuff, the Great British Bake Off. Yep. So I think I watched like all of that series and I was just kind of jumping around. The show really benefits, and like each season's like eight episodes from starting from the beginning because it does the points don't matter, but just like watching the rise and fall of these people throughout the mattress yeah. and the callbacks, people who like like there's even just three like third beats on jokes starting to get all improv for a second, but yeah. it's just like you, things will pay off later in the season or even in different seasons if you kind of follow that continuity. And it's right. just I don't know, I really enjoy watching it. And yeah, it's fun and also kind of ticks that creative side of your brain. Like, how how would I do that? You know, yeah. it's a little puzzling. Yeah, like Sherlock. You know, it, what it reminds me of a lot actually is I don't know if you did this in like middle school or grade school. Uh, it was like the first day of school where they give you a, like a test, mm-hmm. and it was the first thing says, "Please read all you know uh, questions carefully before beginning." Yeah, and like most most people, they like jump right into it. And they just start doing the math problems. But if you read through everything, the last one is like, you know, write your name on the paper and flip it over and you're done. And that's kind of what Taskmaster is. It's like if you read if you read the rules and even the fine print, you can just do it and get away with it as long as you pay attention and follow directions. Yeah. But then again, on the flip side, there's like, you know, put the ball in the cup, you know, and like, I don't know. It's just it's just a fun show, man. It's just I don't know. I 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought you're talking in circles here about it, but it kind of is. No, I think, but you're hitting on exactly what it is. I mean, it feels like it's an improvised game show. I love that when you're talking about improvised beats, it's like that's actually a pretty good description of it because it feels like people are kind of making up or their interpretations of the rules mm-hmm. as they go along. I mean, we can start getting into like talking about some of the history and the structure too of the show. But, like, it really does feel like, I mean, every task kind of comes with its own challenges of, like, how good of a reader are you? How broad thinking are you? Can you find the loophole in these rules? Yeah. Or are you overthinking what you're reading, right? So mm-hmm. it's just a very fun way to kind of see these people, like, navigate these, like, these barbed wire fields. And it's like, <laughs> sometimes you can just walk around it. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to talk a little about the history of Taskmaster, to give a a thread line of where it began. So the concept was first created by Alex Horn, who we talked about as kind of the right-hand man in the show, but really he's the brains behind the mm-hmm. operation. He's right? the taskmaster. Yes, yes. I mean, while Greg Davies is the front, he's the, he's, he's, he's the, he's the looks. Yeah. <laughs> he's the beef. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Alex is the brain. And it began at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe in 2010. Fringe Ooh. Yeah. Never heard of it before. Are you familiar? Fringe Fest is like, imagine like some sort of alternative comedy festival that would happen in San Francisco or something like very broad, different acts. Well, in like from, I think it's going to have improv, stand up, uh, like play, like skit. Like it's going to be all kind of crazy stuff. Like, and I could imagine seeing like, I'm going to say it, little Alex Horn. Yeah. <laughs> like doing like a set with some people and some live experience. Like that probably would have gone off like gangbusters, you know? Oh, yeah. Especially if you'd never seen anything like this outside of like Japanese TV before, right? Right. Yeah. It's like that'd be like going to see like drunken Shakespeare or something yeah, like that's yeah. the vibe of like Fringe Fest is like stuff like that. Okay. And then like wilder stuff. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I didn't know that's what I didn't even know Fringe Fest was the official like common term for it. Yeah, I don't know a lot about it. I think they might even do some in the United States. I'd be curious like but I know that is a thing in Edinburgh. Yeah. No, I think that's something that it sounds like it's I've been ongoing for a while. I don't have the history of the festival, but be interesting to cover maybe as a future topic for us. Oh yeah. We'll so he later secured a deal after this festival with Dave Network to adapt it for television. Because originally when he did it at the Fringe Fest, it was 20 comedians receiving monthly tasks by email over the course of a year. It ended up getting parsed down when they finally got to network and it got reduced to 10 contestants for the first kind of run of it when it finally like moved on. To the point where we finally got the first season and we saw, what, five contestants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's super smart because what he did was he saw there's a festival, probably got in contact with the comedians who were going to be in the festival mm-hmm. and was able to know, like, they're all going to be in this place. Because I've listened to so many podcasts like that, like at festivals where it's like, oh, this lineup of guests is sick because they're all performing at this awesome festival. Yeah. No, and I think that's exactly probably what he did is like, hey, you're going to be there anyway, because then he was able to kind of demonstrate all their attempts like during it before revealing who won based on their performances, exactly the format of the show. So then they did a second one. Like I said, he did 10 contestants. That's like the second like stage iteration of the show. And then after both stage shows proved a success, that's where they finally got to uh, recruited by this production company called Avalon to produce the the television series. So sorry if I mixed that up before. I think I made it sound like that was the first season, <laughs> but actually it was like 
two stage shows. One had 20 people. That was at the Fringe Fest. Second version was another stage show. That only had 10 contestants. When finally got to network, it got reduced to five contestants. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's when he was talking with the Dave Network, or Channel Dave, I guess is the name, that they started talking with Greg Davies and recruited him to be the host of the show. And then the show has now run for... 15th season premieres tonight, as we're recording to What? Oh, premieres okay. tonight. This podcast has some like weird com- karma with the world of like entertainment. Elaborate. We can say, like, the, there's, I don't know why we would hide the Tarantino thing, so we recorded our Tarantino episode the next day he announced his last movie. Yeah. And we had something like that happen with, like, the Koji Khan or something recently also where it got announced the next day. Yeah, it was, like, a topic on the podcast episode, and then the next day, it was, like, we were contemplating, like, oh, yeah, yeah Tarantino, what do you think his next movie's going to be? And then the next day, it was, like, after we were done recording, he's, like, <laughs> I announced I'm doing my 10th movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, and now it's going to be, I guess it's a talk back from the last episode, just to go off a slight... Uh, diatribe. Yeah, I have one more diatribe though. I am gonna say next week we are gonna cover me like falling into a bunch of money. <laughs> like that's just gonna be the topic of the episode. I like it. Freddy's billions. <laughs> yeah. If you dream it, you can do it, Fred. I like um, it. So, but yeah, then I think it's gonna be about a Hollywood critic is his next movie, mm-hmm. and which is totally the furthest thing that I think that we could have contemplated or I speculated. Just, I just hope. John Lovitz has a cameo. That's exactly. I was just thinking that. It stinks. Because, <laughs> you know, because then, you know, the cartoon. It's yeah. it's from the cartoon. <laughs> okay. So they're committed through 17 seasons through oh, 2023. Okay. I got it. And then they're going to run it all the way up until at least 2026. But it was after the ninth series back in 2019 that it, the program was acquired by Channel 4. Correct. And that's when it switched networks and... I think so. That's why the first nine series are like available for free on YouTube. Is it because the rights are kind of up in the air? Um, they're just delayed on getting them up there. That's uh, really what it comes down to. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's how I mostly watch. I mean, I, I can find stuff online. Um, not that you should do that, <laughs> um, but it, it's out there. You can find it. There's international versions too. Like, see, one, two, three, four, five. More than a dozen countries have their own version of Taskmaster. Holy cow! Yeah, we tried to do it with Reggie Watts. It did not work because one, they had Reggie Watts <laughs> as the Taskmaster. Yeah. There's no like sternness. You know, Greg Davies. He used to be a school teacher, mm-hmm. so he's got hey, that like you know. You want Craig Ferguson in there, I no, think. No, Craig Ferguson, that's actually a really good choice. I mean, I hope they bring back The Hustler. <laughs> that was my show. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, and it was only a half hour, the U.S. one. And it's like you can get, like, one task, well, maybe it, two. Yeah. And it's just there's no energy. There's just no energy from it. You, and I know that the good doctor, <laughs> Freddie Highmore, was one of the contestants. Yeah. I got to pull up the cont- Do Let's you have see. the contestants? I got handy the- here. Hold on here. Because it was a very eclectic bunch that they had on the U.S. version. For sure. <laughs> so I actually found the American version first on accident because I was trying to find it on oh, Apple no. TV. Oh, no. And so I watched <laughs> the first episode. But, guys, I liked it. It was okay. Um, the- I... The thing that bothers me yeah. the most about a lot of the different uh, country versions, excluding New Zealand because they have their original tasks, 
it seems to be a lot of repeat tasks. Oh, yeah. So it's like, uh, well, I've seen this one. I know how they're going to do it or what they should do. And then it just takes a little of the spunk out. I oh, will watch it because... Alex Horn is in it, right? Yeah, he is still He's the right hand man. Cool, yes. like because I gotta say, my big takeaway from Taskmaster, the more I watch it, is I think this dude's kind of a genius. He's like this quiet dude who seems super smart and artistic, and like his brain works in very cool ways. Mm-hmm. And I love. I started listening to the Taskmaster podcast, mm-hmm. which is hosted by Ed Gamble, who is a contestant on the show, and he had Alex Horn on the first episode, and it was just really cool hearing him talk about writing the task because he's just very like oh you see i'm uh, uh, really worried about the wording on that one because i thought <laughs> you know they could do something different with that you know? <laughs> like, you know. i like your little alex alex horn. horn was pretty good as i was doing it i uh, was like dude i got a sick alex horn <laughs> uh kate berlant she looks very familiar dylan francis ron funches yeah and then lisa lampanelli who like okay. you'd assume she would it's just i don't know it mm. just felt flat so Freddie Highmore, the good doctor, Norman Bates is the one that Charlie really stands Bucket, out. Man. I bet he Charlie tries Bucket really hard, and he's really nice to everyone in it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Kate Berlant, I remember, she was on uh, The Illegal of Their Own new series recently. Oh. Yeah. Did you watch that at all? I did. Was it good? I liked it. I gotta watch it. It's very different than the movie. Don't expect the movie. I'm not a big yeah. League of Their Own. I like it, but I, that's not one that I'm like, oh, I love it. Yeah, they're kind of... yeah. Yeah, they're very committed to telling the stories that the movie couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you know, like about like okay, what about the black baseball players? What about the the women who were mm-hmm. homosexual? It's sort of like okay, there's there's these stories that we totally missed in that one. So anyway, not not Taskmaster, but <laughs> any uh, um, so yeah, I did find the the American version first though, and I was like, okay, this is interesting, and then I was like, oh wait, and I, I was asking you guys as we were having our little text thread leading up to this, they're like, no, 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 it's on YouTube. So I went in there, I started looking at it, and I think I watched like the first episode of the first series, and I'm like, okay, that's all right. And I remember Fred said, start with season two. And so I went to the second series, and I started watching that, and then I got hooked. And I've been watching it pretty much nonstop uh, since. Yeah, like, season two's got Nish Kumar, who's my guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny. Nish is, he's, he's so bad he's just so bad but you just you love him you just love him so much but yeah. you know what his persona as a comedian is in uh I mean, uk no no he's like a john stewart he's like a political comedian like oh interesting in the vein of things probably talking about brexit and shit like that's he's really that, funny because that's because now, now i think about john stewart doing those tests as nish and that just cracks mm-hmm. me up that that sounds hilarious dude i've been listening to brett goldman's films to be buried with oh, and nice. he nish kumar comes on years and they do their roundup of movies and it's pretty great i listened to like the past four years and it's just the two of them very nicely talking about film oh i like it i haven't listened to his podcast at all Mm -hmm. i would like to though and like i just tell her when you got to hear what dude sounds like in real life he sounds so sweet not roy kent yeah Yeah, roy kent's like this and he's like i just love film so much i just love going (laughs) (laughs) he does kind of have that look of like he'd be a big softy in real life Mm -hmm. but it's it's kind of funny because like you know, I don't know any of these comedians. I don't know anybody who uh, who's on the show. Maybe I recognize one person. I'll yeah, right. Up and it's like, oh, yeah, okay. But by the end of the series, I love them. I, mm. You know all their personalities, and you just, like, you feel like you know them. You can get the vibe how the other people interact with certain people. Like, if you don't know, like, an older, like, an elder statesman, 
Like Bob Mortimer is a guy I did not know who was super funny. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's like and, great. And you can tell like other people are definitely like showing super respect to certain people, like him or Joe Joe Brand or Ran. Yeah. And I just I just love that. Yeah, it's definitely good to kind of figure out some or meet some different comics that aren't just like the same 20 mm-hmm. American comics you see. Like you expect Michael Ian Black would be recruited for like something like this. <laughs> for sure. Let's talk a little about the structure of the show, though. So, I guess, Mike, do you want to break it down for us? Like, kind of, how does every episode go? So, every episode starts off with a prize task in which the comedians are asked to bring in something that if they lose the episode, the winner gets. Mm-hmm. They, they take it home, whatever it is. Um, then they'll have their three proper tasks, which are filmed separately. Every comedian does their tasks filmed separately so they have no frame of reference of how everyone anyone else does mm-hmm. and then sometimes they'll have a fourth task rarely they'll be like a the first few seasons they had like by the taskmaster the best gift yeah and those are great but they stopped doing those after i think three seasons something like that and then the final task would be a live stage task where the comedians have to do some sort of you know athletic or whatever thing is supposed to be uh to finish out the show and that's i mean that's pretty much it. It's it was tough getting people interested because there's no like, yeah, this is we got we got five tasks for you. We can't tell you what they are. You don't know who's going to be on the show with you. Sometimes it'll be teamed up with people who you don't know. Mm-hmm. Will you yeah. commit to this show? And people are like, um, no. Yeah, and no. like the thing is like. When you're trying to get someone into the show, and I've tried to send this to the group a bunch of times, our, our chat group I'm referring to is, and I'm going to quote a little Hateful Eight, one task won't do. You need at least two or three tasks, <laughs> right? Because if I just sent one task into the group, that's not convincing anyone. I feel like it had to be a pretty good task. I feel you got to watch like an ep with a couple different tasks, and yeah. you're like, oh, I get the flavor of this. Definitely. So I think that's why it's kind of an underrated show for sure. Yeah. No, and, I, it's fun. Yeah, And I don't know if you said it or if it was you, you said it, but um, I'm pointing at it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um People haven't heard of it. People just don't know the show. And then once somebody starts watching it, they're like, all right. Yeah. Like, the first one I always mention is, like, if you want to get somebody into it right now, the potato task, the potato golf task. I don't know if you watched that one. I have not yet. Which Explain that, that one. Yeah. So it's get the potato. So they have a big 10-foot radius uh, red-colored golf green with a hole, and they have a potato. And get the potato in the hole. Oh, I have you seen can't this. can't touch okay, the mat right, at yeah. all. And some people are like, well, if I just throw it, well, if I miss, then I can't get it. And this one dude, like, he's like, should I throw it? I'm not going to throw it. I'm going to throw it. And he throws it and gets it in. First try. Everyone applauds. It's great. Fantastic. However, in Taskmaster, they have GoPros set up everywhere. Mm -hmm. Taskmaster catches everything. They catch everything. He... Step just a tiny bit on the red green. It wasn't very much. <laughs> wasn't for very yeah. long. Disqualified, and he was crushed. I don't know how crushed. good you guys are with sports references, but this basically happened in uh, when the Bucks won the NBA championship. Basically, like they were facing the Brooklyn Nets, and Kevin Durant, who's like one of the best players in the game, had like the game-winning three, and he stepped on the line, which meant it was a two instead. Oh, so he tied the game oh, instead of beating them. His time was about to expire. 
Bucks beat them in overtime, and then they went on to win the championship instead <laughs> instead I, of them. I don't know that, but I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been listening to the rewatchables, and they put movie stuff into sports references. They're like, "This is like the Kobe. This, this is the whatever that," and it makes me excited now. So when I hear sports stuff, I think movies. Plus, it's our hometown team. I know Even if you're not a big fan, but it's, it's exciting because it basically it, it gave the Bucks the the door opening to go and win it. And I love purple. Uh, who doesn't? So, Mike, I, I, I'm glad you're brought up the structure because I got a task from you before we even came into this episode to, to bring a prize task was this. Uh, Can you please repeat what it was that you instructed Fred and I to do? Yes. I asked the contestants to bring in the best thing from their car, whatever that means to them. And they brought it with them. I brought one too. Oh, you did too. I did because I actually didn't even think about, I was, I happened just to be sitting in my car and I'm like, what's something simple but broad, and I was like, "Yeah, best thing in your car." I don't think I don't think mine's going to beat y'all's, but I brought the best thing that I think is in my car. Okay, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. So I don't keep a lot in my car anymore because I've gotten my car broken into twice, and so I intentionally try to keep anything but like the essentials in my car. Now. Sure, but. One thing I do have, and, and there's a reason I picked this, is I, I have a pair of sunglasses that I got uh, free. It's a, it's a promotion with work. It just they got promotional stuff from a client, and they gave us free sunglasses. Now, I have a history with sunglasses because anytime I've bought an expensive pair of sunglasses, like spent more than fifty dollars, I'm talking about it on it, and that's expensive to me. Is they have either gotten broken very easily, or I have lost them, or they have just somehow disappeared on me. And I'm like, well, what is the point of having good sunglasses if all I ever do is lose them or break them? And yet I get these free promo sunglasses that do the job perfectly, tint out everything. And I have had them for five years and I never lost them, never even at risk of it. They just stick on me all the time because I think it's like I don't care where I put them. Like I, just, I can put them in my pocket. I'm not worried about them breaking. So they're just always on my persons. So they're a solid pair of sunglasses and they're very valuable to me. Nice. And that's a good thing to have in your car, man. Like, mm-hmm. I keep a pair of my cars the same because you never know. I mean, I'm short, so the visors don't always do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it just, it'll find that hole and just shine right in my eye. So Is that I, why there was I, yellow anyway. pages in your car? <laughs> yeah. I got blocks on my, on, my, on my pedals, too, so I can reach them. I'm like Mole Man from The Simpsons. <laughs> Schwantz and I are the same height, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Might be, yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Fred, I'll, you wanna go? Yeah, I'll go next. So I probably have the most Fred shit in my car. And right when you like suggested it, I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. What I have here is a DVD copy of Stephen King's TV adaptation of Desperation mm-hmm. that I bought from Media Exchange from their clearance section for a dollar. It didn't work, and I wanted to bring it back. Not to get my dollar back. I'm going to make that clear. I just wanted to see if they had another copy, mm. and I thought I could switch it out. They didn't, so I put it in my glove box. But I still think that is like pretty funny. I'm driving around with a Stephen King TV adaptation. I feel that's like a, like a Bible salesman with Bibles in his car just ready to like, oh, yeah, have you heard the good word? Desperation? Ron Perlman? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Weber? It's like if someone would like break into your car and find that they would just trash it because they found it in there. <laughs> right? yeah. 
They're like, this isn't worth anything. It's worth everything, Fred. That's wonderful. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess I should reveal my the best thing from my vehicle. And it is, if I can find it here, a little toy Batman. Ooh. And I found it at IHOP when I was 19. I'm, I'll be 32 in a few months, so I've had this for like 13 years almost. Wow. It's been in every vehicle I've, I've ever owned. Um, for, I mean, you all can't see it, so it's based on like uh, the Batman from like the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, and this Batman has actually gotten me out of parking tickets. Not parking tickets, speeding tickets, excuse me. I had a headlight out in one of my vehicles, and... I seen a cop come the other direction, and I seen it pull the UE right, and I was like, "Oh man, they're gonna pull me over for my headlight." I know it. And she's talking to me, and she's like, "You know your headlights on?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I gotta fix it." And as we're talking, all this, she just shines her flashlight all of a sudden on Batman and goes, "Batman!" And I'm like, "Yeah, I love <laughs> Batman. Batman fights crime. I hate crime." And she chuckled a little bit, and you know, it kind of broke the tension a little bit, and she was like. Drive safe, be on your way, get the headlight fixed. And I'm like, yes, I will. <laughs> what she doesn't know is I like Batman because he fights corruption. <laughs> <laughs> you know who that probably was, though? Barbara? Chase Meridian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, I mean, it's very, very fun. So if we determine a winner of that episode, we won't try and steal your Batman, Mike. I think it was just good to have a little show and tell, but... No, because, like, we get the call that, like, Mike's in prison if he gives that away. Yeah. If I lose my Batman, I lose all my source of power. <laughs> yeah, you got, can't lose that Batman. Uh, That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm going to get so many speeding tickets. On. <laughs> <laughs> so we did talk a little, though, about, um, so obviously the structure so far, and we had talked about a couple tasks in specific so far. I mean, mostly the potato golf, which was a very good one. I remember this from the second series. I think I did ask that, but I remember that specifically now because that was one of the first things I remember seeing. And I think it definitely helps elevate what we're talking about and maybe even pique some interest in the show to talk about what are some of like the great tasks in this or like what what makes the show so memorable? Is it the comedians? Is it the the tasks themselves? So I guess, you know, start with wherever you guys think, you know, is the, the selling point for you that's the reason you love this so much now? Me personally, I love the banter. Yeah. When they're sitting in the studio just talking and like, yeah, Greg, I'm sure has some points he wants to hit, but everything's unscripted and they're just seven comedians sitting in a room, you know, making fun of each other, looking like it's just I love that. <laughs> I love banter. I'm I'm such a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a talky guy if y'all hadn't figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a great hangout vibe the yeah, show. Yeah, we love banter here at franchise. <laughs> <laughs> and like and like I mentioned earlier, there's always there's always a loophole or a, an, an adjacent way of thinking or like a secret key to like has like, you know, identify all these mystery things. And then you find one of them and it has like a list of all the things on there. And mm-hmm. it's like sometimes if you just stop and look around, you'll notice stuff that are obvious on, upon second viewing. And it's funny just see how clever people are yeah. or, you know, lack thereof <laughs> cleverness. But yeah, that's. I want to see what what new task. I want to see how this person does this. Now, where's where's another egg task? Where's some more watermelon? Where's you know what I mean? Like, they just love those eggs and tea. There's a lot of tea tasks. It's British, yes. So I figure that there's gonna be some tea. 
That's a good point, though. There are a lot of egg tasks. Yeah. Food. Yeah, I they hate like food. it. Well, I heard on the um, podcast I listened to that something that uh, Alex Horn likes to do as a snack is just microwave egg. And it's called like eggy cuppy, he calls it. It's an eggy cuppy. <laughs> yes, terrible. <laughs> Although I did have, I think it was a treat as a kid. My dad would make me like scrambled eggs and just put a little milk in it and then microwave it. And now it's just like instant scrambled eggs. Dude, actually, scrambled oh, eggs turn out that. really nice in the microwave. Like, yeah. They really, really do. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have like me, I don't know. Maybe I'm just grossed out just by how the carefree just put in a cup. I had like the egg containers back in the day where mm. I could make like the sandwiches, but I don't know. Yeah, there's like there's a gross factor that's probably the least effective thing for my show, but I'd say it's only like that's like 10% of the show at most. Right. And some episodes don't even have that. No, I mean, some episodes have a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little I've seen so far, there have been at least. I'd say once every other episode, there's one pretty gross task. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, are you guys grossed out by like, like a f- does a food fight gross you out? Because it grosses me out. Like food on people is disgusting to me. I mean, as long as it hasn't been consumed prior, I don't have an issue with food on somebody. You know what I'm saying? Not mm-hmm. that I'm into food or anything like that, but like. It's more of like the vomit factor. Uh, yeah. Well, well no one likes me. that. No. Well, some people may, but not me. Hey, 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 you know, hey, this is 2020. What year is it? 2023? Yeah. I put 2021 when I signed a paper today. I felt oh, really dumb. God. <laughs> not quite that far out, but 2022, I could still maybe mm-hmm. see. But I'm grossed out by just food not being consumed properly. Like the idea, like I'm, I definitely want to have a kid one day. But that's going to be a struggle. Like, when they have the shit all over their face, like, when I go out with friends, I'm like, I can't even look at your kid right now. See, Fred, it's going to be even worse, though. It's not just shit on their face. It's going to be shit on their (laughs) body, too. Yeah, and like, up their back, They they say when it's yours, it's it's easier. They say when it's like you get that connection, it's easier. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it's like most dads dog. I hear, it's like you had a dog. You just practicing with the dog. Yeah. And you have a baby. Mm-hmm. I've been practicing thing. with the dog. I've been picking the poops. Yeah, but yeah. So we're talking a little about the tasks, though, and, and yeah, there are a lot of egg related tasks. I guess the sense I've gotten there's always kind of like these team tasks too that they always yeah, they kind of surprise couple, them with. Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think. Do you feel like those kind of hit a little bit better when you get to see people kind of struggle together, or do you kind of like to see them on their own doing these individual tasks? You know, it's it's it's, it's nice to have both because it's like you, when people are by themselves, they're yeah, you get to see them be themselves, and mm-hmm. when they're working together, sometimes they butt heads. Mm-hmm. And like, there's one episode specifically where they're like get the most into the bathtub. I can't remember what it was specifically, but there was. Like the two, there's three contestants, and the two were just not getting along. They're arguing over everything, and the other guy's just like, um, "Mommy, Daddy, please stop yelling." Um, <laughs> but it's it's nice when they find their groove, mm-hmm. and like you know, I mean, we do improv. You know, when people just click and they get a hive mind, it's nice. It's nice to see that. It's mm-hmm. nice when that happens. It's like magic. Yeah, you know? I think they do it just enough on the show. It's like one in like five tasks is yeah. a group task or do, something. I think they do two team tasks. Throughout the whole series. Um, oh yeah, that's like in just the ten, what in you the need. Ten episodes, not you know, they used to do I think only six mm-hmm. episodes, five episodes in second and third season. Um, but ever since they did ten episodes, it's like two, two good team tasks, not including um, the live tasks, which are sometimes teams. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I think some of the favorites I've seen so far are when they are solo tasks, but then they recruit 
people or Alex Horn himself oh, to yeah. help them with the task because it's just endlessly funny that somebody thought I need somebody else to actually do this for me. <laughs> and the thing is too, Alex doesn't really help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's there, but if you ask him for help, he's more of a hindrance than anything. He really mm-hmm. is. Like he 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 just he'll, he'll ask dumb questions while he, while you're busy. Right. You know? Like I can't remember one of this contestant I was listening to on the Taskmaster podcast actually. And she was like, in between taping, you know, say, hey, how was your weekend? You know, would you do anything? Uh, you go without your kids? Or something? And oh yeah, I, you know, did this. I watched a little bit of uh, soccer. And then you get, then they'll start recording tasks, and he just turns into a little bitch. Like he just, yeah. like, <laughs> he's just like the little whiniest little bastard, and he just won't help. He just won't help. <laughs> yeah, I I get the vibes of that. Like he he definitely plays that like super quiet. I'm not gonna help, but like, they do. He'll let them use him like a mannequin in any yeah. way possible, which is also He's just a trooper. Crazy. He'll do whatever in that sense. Yeah, I think it adds a little bit of extra flavor when you do see him doing that. Like, he's just a willing participant, mm-hmm. even if he's not so willing. He'll have some scared eyes. That's where he sees it, where he's like, I don't like this. And some people will think that it's, like, staged or anything. Like, there's... It's all it's all real. Like, oh, yeah. the contestants have no idea what they're going to do. There's no, like, false editing, false narrative. Like, they edit it together so, like, you can see the contrast of different contestants, but... It's all real, and yeah. I just love that there's actually something on TV that not it's just not fake, you know. As yeah. much as you want to believe that TV is fake or stage, it's just really not, this ep, this show is just really not. You have to laugh at how dumb some people can be with some of these tasks. Right? <laughs> like putting a helium in an egg. Like, why would you? Did you see that one? No. <laughs> and he's not. He's he's serious. Like this dude is not like you know. He's not doing it for laughs. He thought, oh yeah, I'm gonna. Fill this egg up with balloon with with helium, and it'll be as light as a feather, and it immediately blows up because of course it does. Yeah, it's an egg. <laughs> Why are you putting helium in this full egg? <laughs> so funny, my gosh. Yeah, maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the contestants they've had so far. I think Fred, you talked about it too, like your your recommendation for like early going in the going. If people are going to get into the show, start with like which is series four. It has, like, Noel Fielding from, like... Right. If you're like, I want to see Noel that season for... I think uh, we're not doing this for power rankings. I really like season six because mm-hmm. uh, a guy I really like is James Acaster. Okay. He hosts a podcast with Ed Gamble, the guy who does the Taskmaster podcast, called Off Menu. Mm-hmm. I have mentioned this to you where it's... They have a lot of contestants from Taskmaster, but just like usually British people, they just had Florence Pugh on, which was pretty great. Oh, that's funny. And they have the person do like their dream restaurant and they write it down. But there's a lot of like behind the scenes Taskmaster and even great British uh, bake off talk because I don't think we get those episodes, but they do a lot of like comedians bake for charity episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. I'd love to get those. Yeah, I'm surprised we don't have those over here. Maybe mm-hmm. you haven't looked deep in Netflix. I see they have like the professionals now and like the Christmas special or the holiday specials and I could almost see if Taskmaster keeps growing and keeps getting bigger, maybe they'll end up getting that. They do have uh they do a New Year's treat. They've been doing it for the last three years. Oh, have they? They also do a Champion of Champions. I don't know if that's something that y'all knew. I or, know they did more like I knew the New Year's thing and they knew they did like a champions thing. Yeah, the Champion of Champions, it's like the first one's the winner it's the first five winners of the first five seasons against each other. Yeah. And then they did it again after the tenth the tenth season, and then I assume everything goes well after this next season we'll have another Champion champions. Interesting. Yeah, they're 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 fun. 
That could be fun. Yeah. Some of the champions have been very fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've, like I said, I've only seen a couple so far, but it's definitely like people that you're like cheering for, I think, throughout. Even oh, when for you know sure. it's like, it's not about the winning, mm-hmm. right? It's about the entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty set in the fact that the person I usually enjoy the most is not going to be the winner. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. And that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's for fine. sure. No one really cares. Like people, I mean, if you do care, if you stop and think about it, it's like, okay. What am I so excited about? This ridiculous award <laughs> I, I won for being ridiculous on a ridiculous show. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's almost better, too, I feel like, when you have somebody who's a little more dry and a little more, like, laid back or not so, like, look like they care as much. Because then you can kind of see them, like, trying to work through something. (laughs) And they they don't have, like, the boisterous comments that some other comics have. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, that's, like, I think I mentioned before about it on again. That's my, I think, favorite part about the show is you have very unique voices of comedy or whatever they do and it gives a very different spin on each task and the banter Mm -hmm. we spent a little time talking about all that what about like the host of greg davies i know you shared a a youtube video with us fred i think i i would love to go get like a point with greg davis like i I think we would get on after i really think because he like he whatever you did, he would just he would just what the hell are you doing that for? You little you know, and, and it's just like I, I would just love that. The dude. best bits he does on the show, which I think he did to Nish Kumar, I know he did it to James A. Caster, is when they get too saucy and he pulls them to the back of the like where the screen is just and has a little yeah. chat with them. And yeah. it's just like the best shit. That's that school teacher sneaking out. Yeah. It's like, you know, I talked we talked about this before. You know, because <laughs> yeah. he is ex school teacher, yeah. right? Because he is the he's the front as the taskmaster mm-hmm. in the show, right? Like, I mean, he's the one who who rates all the the tasks if he has to like give or he's the final judge on all the rulings mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay, this person technically kind of maybe broke the rules here a little bit. Is that okay? Does it fly or not? Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. I think he does such a nice job. And, I mean, I obviously recruited him because he was a known name right before the series. Mm-hmm. And somebody I had never been familiar with Me until yeah. I started watching he, he was, like, a that guy in, like, some British stuff I've seen. Like, he was on uh, some Netflix show that's big with the Brit, like, that's, like, the one big British show. I can't even now. But, uh... Downton no, Abbey? No, it's, like, a young <laughs> adult comedy, and he's, like, a parent in it. I don't know. But, uh, also, like... He's a stand-up primarily, and from what I hear, he's, like, very cool. Like, if you go see him, he'll hang out after and, like, meet everyone. Oh, and he's, fun. like, that's a super nice guy to yeah. fans. And so that's why I was like, I like that guy. He's cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he has a very good reign on, I think, the flow of the show. And he has very appropriate reactions when I'm just, like, he's the mm-hmm. audience conduit, even though they have a live audience there, which <laughs> is also something kind of crazy. Like, you have these five people on stage. We're watching all these clips of them doing these tasks. And you do have also like people there like watching the show happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they just so they do these all different episodes, like different weeks. Cause I feel like sometimes I notice some of them are wearing like the same clothes that they wore in a previous episode. And I'm like, yeah. They'll, yeah. Um, they'll do that. I think they do two uh, episodes in a, in a, in a recording. Don't okay. On that. I'm not 100% sure. But I remember seeing something that they do like a couple episodes a day, like you would with any. TV show, you know, right? You know what I'm saying? Get everybody, everyone's here on one day, just crank them out. Yeah, and sometimes they'll do a task like a month in advance, and sometimes those are just videos in their houses, mm-hmm. and they'll like, you'll have a month to complete this task. Right. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Wow. Like, um, you know, going back to the gross factor, there was one where it was like, grow the longest nail, you have 10 weeks. Oh, so no. people coming in with like fingernails. The two dudes came in with big old toenails, dude. Like it was, it was gross. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess painted it. It was so nasty, dude. My move is you get like, see, I get a flowering pot and I get a giant like train nail and I put it in in the mulch. No, it's gross. You got it. and oh, then then that would be I the see. thing. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greg. Well, well, you didn't actually grow it, did you? Yeah. Rubbish. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> well, obviously Fred's in zero at zero points. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> well, obviously you're in last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and Greg, man, he's so tall. Like he's like six eight. So he calls Alex Alex Horn little Alex Horn, but Alex Horn is like six two. No, they're mm. both towers. So it's like <laughs> the two towers and. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I was going with this. I <laughs> know oh, they're just dang ass tall. Yeah, they're big dudes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Greg Davis is on this big throne, and Alex Horn is on like this little pedestal <laughs> next to him, which yeah. is like a great, just like a great composition. <laughs> it is very fun. Yeah, I don't know if you guys had to pick like, oh boy, one thing that is like if you had to pitch this to somebody. What's like the one thing you're gonna pitch to them as a reason to watch the show? And I, I'm not that we're trying to do like to watch the show or to start the show. You mean like uh, somebody interested or like if you, if you were just yeah maybe this out to, or, to get them interested and not not that we're trying to be like oh everybody should watch Taskmaster. I feel like this is much as, as much an adoration of the show as it is yeah. that. But I, you know it's like if you were to pitch somebody though to watch it, like what's the selling factor? I would ask, like, have you seen At Midnight? Because it's not like At Midnight, but it has that vibe. I would say it's kind of like At Midnight meets a game show meets Survivor, in a sense. Just because it has, like, I don't know. I'm kind of glad that they don't have dumb stuff of, like, them all, like, in the house together. (laughs) Like, little cuts. I don't want to see that. No, you want to see the onstage banter where they're trying to figure it all out right there. What is At Midnight? Yeah, oh, At Midnight was a show hosted by Chris Hardwick, you know, uh, yes. a nice fellow. It's a show that might come, that is coming back. Rumbles are, they want uh, Paul F. Tompkins to host. I'm Ooh. saying this on the yeah. pod so right. it happens. There you go. <laughs> because, I mean, he's just like, he's kind, he would also be great as a taskmaster. Yeah. I want to say that. But uh, it's a show where they would have a panel comedians and it was like kind of a setup like Jeopardy, except they would get like... Uh, quotes or images from headlines, and pretty much the comedians had to write jokes and bits like on the spot. Oh, interesting! And I know, like, like at one time, you know, this was what quite quite a panel. They had Chris Hardwick hosting, and then the cast of Silicon Valley, <laughs> oh. uh, and they had them. So like, they would have people from shows, different comedians, actors. So it was that vibe, and it was very banter heavy. Man, that does sound kind of fun. I had never really heard of that. I never heard of that either. No. Oh yeah, it was it was good while it lasted, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for it to come back. And like I said, Paul F, hook him up. <laughs> yeah, he could be good, especially. I mean, to be a taskmaster, you were saying. I feel like Ooh. he'd be good. That's kind of getting into where I could have, would have, should have. So we'll just pin that for the sure, moment. Sure, sure. But uh, what would your your pitch, Mike? Uh, you know, that's a tough one. It's just like, like I mentioned earlier, anyone if if you just watch it, you'll you'll love it. But it's but why? Why do we love it? You mm-hmm. know, I think it's just. It's just funny people being goofy, and they're paid for it. And like, it's just, it's just a fun human experiment. Is I guess what I would describe it as. Mm. But that doesn't sound very enticing. I'll be honest. I don't know. What about you? What would you pitch it as? It's a good one. 
Yeah, I think it's just like if you want to see something that you haven't seen before, yeah. that's really the big selling factor for me is I'm like, I've never seen somebody try and, I don't know, like paint somebody that they haven't talked to. Like that's a recent thing I remember watching. It's like they're trying to talk to somebody, ask them questions and try to paint them based on the answers they're getting. And I'm like, that is so wild. Mm-hmm. What a really creative thing. And it just, I love all the creative different ideas that come up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that one. That's a good one. It is. Yeah. And they're just like, you have the one dude cheating. You can see you're in the mirror and he's still like, mm-hmm. it makes the worst painting. I've well, ever he seen. wasn't looking at her. He was looking at the reflection yeah, of he her. He was looking at the mirror. I mean, obviously the, her reflection is not her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the kind of stuff we love. Yes. On Taskmaster. I love the open to interpretation tasks. Yeah. Yeah. Should we get into some coulda, woulda, shoulda now? Yeah, we could do that. I think perhaps this is a good segue, too, to go to our second task we were given today. Because I think this task in itself is kind of a coulda, woulda, shoulda. It was given to Mike and I by Fred. Mm -hmm. Fred, would you like to describe what your task was? Yes, I would. My task for you guys was to create a new opening theme for the podcast State of the Franchise with Tom and Fred. Some people might have seen in the promos. Oh. Yeah, if you're checking the Instas and the Facebook, you might have seen some nice, well-made videos. Mm-hmm. Mike, would you like to go first this time? Sure, I can go first. Give us a little background on how you made it and all that. Um, I, I recorded it. so you recorded it yourself i did i don't want i don't want to say too much because i feel like like you'll you'll know what i did once i play it (laughs) (laughs) okay here's mike's version of the theme song for state of the franchise franchises can be dreary franchises can be tight i'm listening to frederick and tom is on the mic Got no cares, cause all I wanna do is charge my phone drivers and interviews. <laughs> and what the talk do about will always be up to you. <laughs> Love the little sex at the end. Oh, that's great. Man, that was beautiful. <laughs> Wonderful. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, what is it? It's like a '80s like. You don't like, know what it is, comedy? <laughs> Fred. I know you know what this is. Wait, is it a is it a parody of a TV show theme? It's the King Queens theme. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. My eyes are getting weary. My back is getting tight. <laughs> so a little little backstory. Um, sure. So when Fred and I first started hanging out, uh, early 2010s, 2010, 2011, something like that, we talked for the longest time about doing like. Uh, cover band that we did like jingles or like movie themes or TV show themes. And this was always the song that we had talked about doing and never did. And I was like, you know what? Opportunity to be hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I wanted to open with that because I thought that was such a like a, a temperature setter of what the next songs were going to be. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty great. I, I, I got to say, having not, I don't know why I've never really heard the King of Queens theme. Was, I just didn't fit it. I was like, oh, that's a nice melody. Well done, Mike. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. I like it. Thanks. So... I'm not super musically inclined. Like I can carry a tune and all that, but I, I'm not a I'm not a musician really. So I went out and recruited 
somebody to help me with this. Oh, okay. uh, I did stipulate in the test. You could use anyone that you knew to help you. Yeah. So I recruited um, one of our recent guests who was on for uh, the composer Koji Kondo episode. His name is Nick Spitza, who is a talented musician in the Milwaukee area. And uh, I gave him some lyrics and some ideas for some tunes. And we worked on a little theme song. And uh, here's what he came up with as a theme song for State of the Franchise. Friends, a talk show of aficionados. Buy them a coffee when you hear the top three flicks by Tarantino. Talking about Dragon Balls and Macho Man. They're gonna sample different types of pizza. From Crash Bandicoot to Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's all here. I ain't joking, fans. With Thomas and Frederick. With Thomas and Frederick. <laughs> Wow, that was great. Whoa! <laughs> I will say, I almost so we almost had similar ideas there because my first draft before I went to the King of Queens theme mm-hmm. was I had a bunch of stuff like that that you all talked about in there, and it just it just didn't sound right to me. Yeah, and then and then they clicked about that one thing there about <laughs> King of Queens, and I was like. No, I'm I'm changing it. But that was great too. That, mm-hmm. I love the energy in that. Man. I know it was. Mine, mine's very like smooth and sexy. Yours is like let's do this. <laughs> I, I was very happy when I heard yours because I was like, these are the perfect like. There's two different flavors mm-hmm. here. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's what the spirit of it's all about. And hundred percent. And uh, I'm sure, like uh, you know, we'll throw these in every once in a while, right? As our openers, <laughs> we gotta. Uh, these guys worked yeah. hard. <laughs> Absolutely no, and I think I. What we came out with is two very good options. I kind of had this idea. I was like, let the podcast work for you. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Absolutely. It's good. I think uh, we we came up with some very fun options. I mean, I just basically ran down. I was like, I kind of like the... Uh, like some of like the internet videos, I don't know if you guys ever seen like Angry Video Game Nerd, and he kind of like does a very similar thing where the mm-hmm. guy wrote a song, kind of making callbacks to his early episodes. And I was like, I kind of want something like that, and so he just came up with something very funky. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was funky. I, I really dug that. That was really nice. Yeah, it's fun. So thank you, Nick Spitzel, out there. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, shout to Nick and Mike. The, yeah, the dudes with the nice voices. I was impressed with both of y'all. Honestly, yeah, your voice was very like silky smooth Mike. Well, well thank you mm-hmm. I, my first version I did like a Joe Cockery version when I was like um, you know my eyes are getting you know like, <laughs> well, that's, it's, that's it's what very, you want to do <laughs> but yeah. it was it was killing my throat so I was like wow. let's open it up a little bit let's be more, a little more genuine yeah mm-hmm. very fun it. very fun Groovy. yeah great great task Fred thanks for for pitching yeah. that one well thank you guys for doing them I was telling Mike on the way over I was like I feel bad that these are kind of they were kind of intense tasks but I mean they needed to be and yeah. we had time to do it and just like Taskmaster mm-hmm. if there's a little bit more elaborate you gotta give them a little more time absolutely mm-hmm. or wow. don't and then watch them <laughs> panic. <laughs> we're very committed to the bed, especially when we're trying to create. So trying to create some ideas now in our coulda, woulda, shoulda segment, guys, what are some other things about Taskmaster? If you had the opportunity to maybe add on to what the show is doing already, what would you do? You know, 
I mentioned this earlier. They got to they got to bring it back to the U.S. They got to try again, but they got to do it right. Make it the full hour, you know, or put it on some streaming service and make it forty five minutes. Yeah. But you got to give the full format, and you got to give comedians that like are funny. Like I'm sorry, like I just I, I you know I, you said you you dug the first couple episodes of the of the U.S. version. Yeah, first. I episode. just found it a little flat. I just found it a little flat, and like I don't know. I just don't know what it is. They got to find better. People, I, I suppose. I don't, you know, it sounds kind of sounds kind of rude. I'll be honest, but they just gotta they gotta do it right. They gotta do it right, or it won't work. Mm-hmm. And I feel, even though I do like Alex Horn there, I feel almost it's a hindrance because it's it might just have to be a little more its own thing, and it definitely should be unique tasks. Like rehashing old tasks can be fine every once in a while. But that's got to be like, oh, here's a golden oldie that we don't do right. often. Uh, my big coulda, woulda, shoulda, I'm going I'm to keep it on the other side of the pond. And I want to throw out like some people I'd like to see on it. I'd like to see Brett Goldstein be on it. Yeah. I'm surprised he hadn't been in the past because Brett I Goldstein? Fe- Brett Goldstein, have you watched Ted Lasso at all? No, okay, so is that the one? He's that, the guy. That, yeah. Okay. Is that is that is that he's the one that looks like a friend of ours? Yes. Okay. He's gotcha. the guy that looks like one of my groomsmen. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and yes, he does. <laughs> it does. I think I think Tom was the one that told me that. I looked him up. and I'm like, oh my god, dude. Like, yeah. It's, it's, dude. Yeah. There's there's moments in the show where he does looks that are the same, and that's what freaks me out. Sometimes I'll be watching, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, one of the lesser reasons, but still a reason to check out Ted Lasso, a great show, I will say, on its third season right now. Yeah, it's um, very fun. Brett Goldstein, uh, Matt Berry, oh, Richard... Richard Iowati, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess I want like the non-canceled people from the IT crowd to be on it. Like, I, re- <laughs> I really liked that show at one point. Bill Nye, you know. Oh yeah. I don't think I told you this, but I've been on test I've brought you a special <laughs> task. <laughs> I like though that you went for Garth Varangi's like dark place though cast members too. Yeah, I went with like my Dad. British haunts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just very fun. That show is also a very hidden gem from S- Stephen Merchant would be great on that show. Oh yeah, for sure. Just like those are like A list though. Like those are people that people in America. But know that's too. the thing. Like you know they A listers are not going to go on that show. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just not going to. Maybe for like the New Year's treat that they do. But even so, because they had. Um, What's his name? The I can't think of his name. The brother from the Mummy, Rachel Weisz's brother from the Mummy. Oh, oh they had man. him on one of the on the New Year's Street, and Ooh, he was the only. I think he was the only person that I recognized straight up <laughs> on the whole show prior to watching Taskmaster. Yeah, that's another benefit is you do get to kind of learn about new people. And like I said, I've like gotten into a whole new podcast and new comedians because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that would be fun though. I think it's definitely. Interesting to dream on a wish list, especially even in America, too. I think going with somebody like a Ron Funches is not a bad thing, no. but it's like Freddie Highmore was a really weird yeah, choice. It was like just that blend of like, oh, they're not all comedians necessarily in Taskmaster. I'm like, no, you want like you want like Mike Mitchell, you want John Gabris, you want Lauren Lapkus. That's the level of comedian. A bunch of comedians like from the LA. Podcast. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what they do now. But I mean, like back at that midnight time, some of them had podcasts. But like that's that's the 
LA comedy scene. Yeah, right. Not just the podcast scene. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying get those people who have rapport, who know each other, and have them in shifts, not these like, we got the best people we could get. We got the boy from the good doctor. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why? It's just so random. I don't mind Reggie Watts either. I thought he was actually kind of fun, but it's also a very different type of thing. I don't want him to host. I want him to be the Alex Horn. Right. Yeah, I think he'd be a fine Alex Horn, but he just doesn't have the, like... You know, he's just there's there's no intimidation. You know what I'm saying? You don't want who you, what, why would you care if you impress Reggie Watts or not? Now if you impress Greg Davies, you know, yes. Mm. Yes. I don't want him to be mad at me or upset with me. Reggie Watts who cares. Right. You want like a cold yet warm comedian. Yeah. Which I'm trying to think of a good Brit like American analog. I all I can think of are like the cold guys. The only thing the only person that really comes to mind for me is the roast master himself. Jeff, Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross. I think because oh, he because be when fine. he's like not roasting, he's very like chill, like chill and talk. Like I, I feel like, like his that. like you know insult humor type thing would come in handy and come into play with mm-hmm. you know making yeah. fun of contestants doing their tasks. He might be a little rough around the edges, but I would almost kind of love to see like a Jason Manzukis do it because I yes. feel like he kind of has that like he'll like kind of talk down to people, but then he also like he always gets the crowd on his side, no matter how much of a jerk he's being. And that's kind of what you want. You want them on yeah. the task side, and if they're on his side, he's like, oh well, piss off. Then, yeah, you know? <laughs> Manzukis and Reggie Watts would be like a pretty cool setup because I feel like Manzukis would also just like yell at Reggie Watts and be funny, like, right? and Reggie Watts can. Do like kind of is more quiet like oh yeah and like imagine reggie watts being like used like in tasks and stuff yeah, dude it's basically like if manzukas actually successfully took down scott ackerman and took over <laughs> which i did almost throw out i was like scott ackerman maybe but i don't know i don't think he could be mean enough though that's the other thing <laughs> well he's mean in a different way like yeah. he's like a i don't know he's like more biting like throw out an insult real i don't know it's not quite the same cheeky he's not in- intimidating he's more snide yeah that's a good way to put it yeah he's not he can't really intimidate <laughs> people but he'll kind of talk about you behind your back or something i'll get like gary sinise <laughs> Oh my why, God. why Gary Sinise? I don't know. Just get him and Ed Harris. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Harris and Gary Sinise. We're going to do an astronaut theme <laughs> taskmaster. <laughs> I don't know why. I just keep thinking like Lieutenant Dan like Gary Sinise. <laughs> Damn it, Gump. Hey, do the task right. I'm not doing it. Read it again. <laughs> Didn't say I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else that you guys would add or maybe things you wish they had done differently? I don't know. You know, you know, I, I do wish that they kind of did more of the Taskmaster gifts, but it is it is nice that they, like, restrict themselves and, like, because then it makes the earlier ones, you know, when it does show up, it makes it more enjoyable, more, like, uh, valuable. Yeah. If you did it every, did it every season, you know, the contestants who just know that it's going to be a task at some point and then they can prepare for it. As yeah. opposed to, like, here's a surprise. Go figure it out now, you know? Yeah. I I really like that. What I'd almost kind of like to see, I don't know if they've done anything like this, is flip the script and be like, here's a panel of people creating tasks for Greg Davies, Alex Horn, and that would like be maybe cool. like two other champions that or two or three. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then like they have to do all this stuff and like they have to kind of like see, okay, we've, we've kind of, you know, talked about you guys doing this all along. Now let's see how they can do. But I also wonder, too, if, like, that almost has to be, like, the last series, because otherwise it kind of, like, reduces their integrity, right? Mm -hmm. Because then it's, like, 
Here's here's the thing that I feel if they ever did do something like that, I feel it would be like a two part task where it'd be like, all right, now do this task. Yeah. yeah the God damn it! <laughs> like it'd be a trick, and they do that. Sometimes. I love that when like you have to do one thing, and what you've done. You could have screwed yourself for the second part of the mm-hmm. task. Yeah. I like those. I can't think of a good example, but I do. Um, there was one where you had to knock something off of a stick with like a ball, with whatever. You just knock it off, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you did it before this time, you had a big, giant teddy bear. And the longer it took you, you got a smaller bear. No. Then there was a next task, and it was like, carry all 12 pints. You know, you can't step on the grass. Um, and you had to hold your bear the whole time. So the people who had a big bear, they they had big problems. <laughs> wow. That's like the survivor element, I feel. Like, that's a very, like, they pull the rug out on their contestants like that. No, they do, for There's sure. one task that it's, it's um, you know, it just, maybe, maybe I should hold off on it before we talk about our highlights. But uh, the two-part, the three-part task, the tricks, the, the like, the sneakiness. The sneakiness is what I really love about the show so much. Is it's just it's just sneaky. Yeah. Alex is a little weasel sometimes and he's like, Well, you didn't you didn't you didn't read the task. That's exactly like you said earlier, right? It's like you know, writing your name on the test and then you flip it over and you're done. If you mm-hmm. read the instructions carefully and you're thorough about reading everything that's on the page, like you'll have time you'll you'll find maybe there's like an easy way out, right? Mm-hmm. And I can think of like even one recently. It was like you you flip over the sheet and like it says like oh if you eat a piece of chocolate that's lying out like yeah, you lose five points and it's like uh, yeah there you go like you didn't follow all the instructions yeah and so it's 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 fun though that's one that was just in my mind as we were talking about that that's the one that sticks out most prominently I think is if you eat any of the chocolate you're docked points yeah sorry if I took one from your no your it, it's not but it's it's definitely an honorable mention hmm. I think it's about it's about that time. To get into the the power rankings part of episode, uh, yeah, I'm very ready. Well, guys, before we get to the power rankings of the episode, what? I had a final task for you what? that you're going to be doing live on air here. On air? Yeah. <sighs> Hate to throw a throw it at you, Mike. Could you grab two pieces of paper out of, out of your your notebook there? So for your final task here, guys. Because we love to do rankings and everything, and we like to talk about remembering all your favorite parts of the series, I want you all to write down as many of the comedians that have been guests on Taskmaster that you can think of. You have 60 seconds. Your time starts now. Okay. Okay, Fred's writing left-handed. I didn't know he was left-handed. You're left-handed? I might be. This could be part of my thing. Wow. Was not aware of that. Could they be thinking of people from series one? Will they remember some of the people they even talked about earlier in the episode? Will they remember that they have 35 seconds left? Oh, Lord. Will they remember... Can you repeat the question? (laughs) You were right. Write down as many of the guest comedians oh, on Taskmaster okay. that you can think of. Now, there's no loophole in this. This is just write to, write down as many as you can think of. You guys have 20 seconds. Will I accept people that were on the American show? I think so. Oh. You could probably write some of them down. Why not? Well, I'm going that's, to know. that's Taskmaster. Who will have the most? Oh. Who will have the least? Five... Four, three, two, one. And that's time. Oh, he has one. 
All right. <laughs> and I know my I know these guys are here too, so that's the thing. All right, let's let's check them. How many did you get, Fred? You want to list them all? Uh, Bob Mortimer, Joe Brand, No Fielding, Ed Gamble, James Acaster, Bill Stockwell, Freddie Highmore, Lisa Lampanelli, George Burnt. Got nine. Not bad. Now, the question is, are we going to do elimination? If he has one that I have said, should it not count? No, I'll, I'll count it. Bet. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have James A. Caster, Rod Gilbert, Ed Gamble, Mel Giedroik, Giedroich, Giedroich. I'll, I'll count it. Uh, Noel Fielding, uh, Frank Skinner, Josh Whittacombe, Nish Kumar, Guz Khan, Lisa Lampanelli, uh, Jamali Mitchell, and Mike Wozniak. Twelve. Well done, Mike. But really, I kind of wanted you guys to do that, just so you could actually list off some of the comedians, because we've talked about a couple, but I was like, we didn't get to hear all of them. Well, I should probably say that two minor made-up names. Oh, <laughs> I was, there was no, it was the Bill one. There was no Bill something. The Bill Stockwell, they know Bill Stockwell. Bill Stockwell and George Burnt. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure, though. I, I should have just that. made up more, because I don't think if I got to 13, you probably would have gotten suspicious. <laughs> I was like, George Burns sounds like a real person. Is that George? I was just thinking of George Burns, like, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> George Burnt, I don't know. It sounded like a British name to me. It does sound like a British yes. name. But yeah, there have been a lot. Obviously, there's five comedians per series. We said there's been the 15th one goes tonight. So there have been 14 so far. So that's what, 120? Plus the two champion champions, the three New Year's Eve, the New Year's treats, and the Christmas special. So that's oh. like eighteen seasons, nineteen, twenty. How many is that? I can't count. It's a lot of content. I'll it say it's a lot of content, and, and like I said, most of them are available mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. I will say for woulda coulda should it be nice that it was. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice if it just was like on Hulu or something. Yeah, <laughs> would just just make it easier. They do have a British streaming service that unavailable in the U.S. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. And you can't get it. And like day of four, you uh, have its own whatever. So still laughing at myself for getting away with that bad math. <laughs> like 120? <laughs> it's it's 70. Plus whatever Mike said on the the New Year's treat that they've been doing. <laughs> but for the actual power rankings this week, guys, I think we did want to talk about what your top three favorite tasks are. So glad we got to give some shout outs to all the comedians, or at least a couple of the real ones that were in there. So who are or what are your favorite tasks? You could say who was involved with it too, if that, if that helps it. Maybe Mike, do you want to kick us off? You know, this is a tough one because there's so many good tasks, and you know, some tasks in the wording it might not seem very remem- uh, uh, memorable, but it's the execution that these comedians do. Mm-hmm. So there's like I just want you know I just want to mention uh, some before I get to my tops. Um, first of all. The solo tasks is something that I enjoy a lot. I don't know if you saw any of the solo tasks or not. Um, in, the, in the first season, they came down on hard on one dude, and he didn't know that there was even solo tasks. They'll pull a prank on them every so often. Mm-hmm. And his first solo task was like, count the beans in this can of baked beans. Your time starts now. Mm-hmm. And he counted them one by one. And the next one was like, how many... SpaghettiOs, there's a can of SpaghettiOs, and again, you count them one by one. Wow. 
And this third one was how many grains of rice in this bag of rice? And and by the end of it, he's like, no, I'm not. I'm just gonna weigh it and figure it out that way. But nobody else did the test, and he was he was mad. He got like one point for it, and it's like, oh, they'll do that sometimes. They'll just like, you know, <laughs> that's unfortunate. The nasty tasks when they gotta like, there's a task where like they have to keep their tongue out the whole time, and like they have to lick a lemon lick a popsicle and then stick it in front of the fan for 10 seconds and like longest so like there's just they're drooling no, uh, i don't like it um there's like you know figure out what's in this baby food so it's three jars of ingredients that should not be together yeah and so they're test they're tasting it and whatnot what's in this battered fish and chips and that was the one that i mentioned earlier where one of them was a deep fried wallet <laughs> And like they couldn't like bite in them or they, you know there's a bunch of specific things you can do. But in that wallet, there's a sheet of paper that listed all the items that were deep fried, and it's stuff like that. Like maybe you find it, maybe you don't. I will say that my so my top th- my top three favorite task was it was a seven part task. Oh my gosh! So there was um, a circle of tasks, seven of them. And you could open them in any order, but once you open it, you had to do it. And if you did it in the right order, you just had to do this, and then do that, do this, and you don't even put your hand on your hip, and you're done. However, not everyone did it in the right, quote, order. And so some of them, like, you put your hand on your hip first, and then you got to do everything with one hand. Oh, my gosh. But there, you had to put stuff in a wheelbarrow and then put it into the camper, and, and it doesn't fit to the door. <laughs> You had to put like bowling pins in the. So if you put them in the wrong order, you're you're just having a bad time. Yeah. And it is very fun to watch because <laughs> one person does it well, and Ed Gamble did. He did it like the worst possible way, and he gets so upset. It's so funny. It's great. Number two, I mentioned earlier, it was the first task that I had ever seen. It was they're filming in like a train yard, and it's get as close to Alex as possible without him seeing you. He's yeah. up for ten seconds. And then he's down for 10 seconds, and he repeats that. And it's just, it's just a fun, it's like a schoolyard game. You know, it's just, it, it, it's very innocent. Yeah. You know, it's very innocent, it's fun, it's light. It's just, and you get to see the, how people, you know, some people are running, some people are just sneaky. This one girl, <laughs> she put a trash can on her and lay herself, and she just dropped down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my number one is from... I don't know if it's the most recent season or the season before, but it was during a team task where one of the contestants was pulled off to the side and he had a solo task for him and he opens it up and it's like, sabotage your team during this team task. (laughs) If you successfully sabotage your team, you get five points. If you don't sabotage your team and they win, you get zero points. If you're discovered and accused of sabotaging, everyone loses mm-hmm. or he loses and they get five points or whatever but it's just like like i said it's the sneakiest little sneak and it's they couldn't have given it to a more perfect contestant because he is just a nudnik like he just like he does he doesn't do anything wrong he's just he just screws up it's just his yeah. personality he does just the type of person he is and like i don't know if it's a nudnik or if that's a shlamiel or shlamazel i forget but he's uh they couldn't have given it to a more perfect person because no one like because he had to hold that in for like four months until they taped on the show and, and yeah. then it was revealed that he wasn't just being a moron he was you know <laughs> being cheeky yeah. you know mm-hmm. and like they were mad at him dude it's so great yeah I, I would say it. you know the golf 
the golf potato one is is I would say that that's the one you want to watch if you want to get people into it right now. Mm-hmm. But those those are my top three. I'd say those are my top three out like of all it. of them. I like it. That's great. Great picks and very very funny. I'm excited to get to a couple of those. Oh, you, oh, I can't wait, dude. Seriously, yeah, <laughs> I'd watch them all again. What about you, Fred? I have I got all three different ones, which is nice. Great. I have Guard the Flame. Which uh-huh. sounds pretty simple. It was, I think it was a tea candle that was lit when they came into the room. And the task was you have to move this from inside the house to they have a little trailer outside. And they had set up like a rain system out the front door. <laughs> and there was like I think another obstacle. So it was just funny watching everyone fail. And one person, I think, knew that they could like use a lighter or just like stick a can another candle next to it and just move the flame. That way someone put like a vase over it and protected <laughs> it. Like it was just very cool. And then the one that I probably laughed the most was the make the water display. And oh. it was like just make like a water fountain of some sort. And <laughs> this is like a good example of how they'll use Alex Horn. I think it's Ed Gamble sets it up where he wants Alex Horn to be the mermaid. He puts cones over his breasts and then puts a water hose up it so it looks like he's a mermaid with water coming out of his boobies. But the water comes out so wonky and like one-sided. It is the funniest image and I just remember just dying watching this. That's wonderful. And the other one that made me laugh a bunch, which is also shows the versatility of like what a task can be. They had like a parking ticket taker guy and they had like you had to just cheer this guy up and he was this grump and like all these comedians like we're trying to make him laugh and then I think one girl like trips and hurts herself and he like smiles a little bit and she's like oh well you you like it when I get hurt you like like when people are in pain and agony and he's like yeah yeah (laughs) like they find out like that's what he likes he's because he writes parking tickets that's amazing my god Man, those must be later on then, huh? Or mm-hmm. they, yeah, well, other than the potato golf, but that's good. Those are some good picks. Um, I'll give just a couple because I've only seen a couple seasons or series so far. That's still a thing I'm getting used to. Is series. series versus season. Yeah. I think one that I liked recently was uh, they were trying to make each other sweat, and they are trying to get the most sweat in, <laughs> in, a, and then, in an egg cup. And I, it was disgusting because I'm like, this is terrible. But they gave one guy a solo task that nobody else had, which is my favorite thing when everybody has like a little twist. Yeah. Like one person gets a twist and this guy was supposed to give like do accents throughout. And, <laughs> and he's like, why am I doing accents? And he's just like doing like the like stupidest little accents. Like, oh, well, I'm bad. I'm so sweating. <laughs> and he's just, but he's doing dumb stuff too. Like he's in like a little plastic cage under the table. He's like, I'm not sweating at all. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was one I enjoyed. Uh, I definitely liked. There was a another one where it was like a team task that everybody basically was given one attribute of like the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Oh yeah. yeah. And I, 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 it wasn't a particularly like difficult task once they kind of figured it out. But I just love the conceit of like one person had on earmuffs, so they keep yelling at the other person, and like he can't, <laughs> he can't respond to him, and he's like, "What are you saying?" And he's like, "I'm not saying anything." 
<laughs> they're just trying to coordinate from afar while the other person is blindfolded and they're like yelling at him like go to your left go to your left and he's like i'm looking for what a potato he's like is this a potato he picks up like a carrot he's like that's not a potato <laughs> it's just the dumbest stuff and then um it recently in in this most recent se- series which has noah fielding and uh mel um is it diedrich or Giedroich, Giedroich, some of that nature yeah uh <laughs> there is a there is a tiebreaker episode or at the end of one of the episodes where Noel and uh, I think his name is Joel uh, something Joe Lysit yeah that's it and they're supposed to pour wine from like a lifeguard tower into a bottle and <laughs> basically like Joe Lysit's like doing it like legit right from the start Noel's just like looking at it he didn't realize the time it started so he's been like drinking the wine and. <laughs> And he's like, "Oh yeah, this is great." And they're like, "Hey, you know, you're like, you're almost, you got ten seconds left." He's like, "Oh shit!" And then he just drops the bottle on the thing, and he actually gets like a bunch of wine in the vase. He has the like vibe of like everyone's listening to the teacher, and then he's the kid like running in the field chasing butterflies. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, sorry, let's go." Yeah, it's funny seeing him on that though too, because I I actually pinpointed it because he's with Mel in that one mm-hmm. and. She was right at the end of her Great British Bake Off hosting. Like she had just, I think she had just filmed her last season, and then he was going to be the replacement host. And so they were literally filming this series and series of Taskmaster in between, basically her handing off the reins to him and had no idea. Like just wild, wild stuff. I like, I almost like wondered too. Like, did he know? Did he know he was already going to be the next host <laughs> on Great British Bake Off? Like, is so it's very interesting. But very fun, guys. Very fun tasks. I think that gets us to the end of this episode, then. But bef- before we go, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, thank you for thank you for the pitch, first of all. Thanks for the tasks for both yeah. of you. But, see, we want to plug stuff. We have anything to plug. Mike, anything you would like to plug? Um, there is a show, uh, a Glitter Bomb show is, I believe, the 7th of next, of a- April 7th. I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but it might be released after the show. Um, uh, it, should, it should be in time. So then come to the show. That's on April 7th. That'll be th- this Friday. This Friday, week, in yes. two days. You better, you better get your stuff together and go get tickets <laughs> for the sold out because it's going to be a show. We all know you're day one listeners, so just get on over to the interchange. <laughs> yeah. if we haven't mentioned it here. Yeah. No, thank you. Okay, so Glitter Bomb at the Interchange Theater on April 7th yeah. at 7 o'clock. Probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> Please check your local listings. 7, 7.30. Yeah. Fred, about you? Yeah. Uh, Similar vibe, just check out interchangetheater.com, and I'm in a couple shows, uh, Pinata Ambush, uh, The Team Tina, uh, yeah, and some other stuff, uh, Cobweb, so, but check it all out, there's some good theater there, and um, check out the podcast, maybe listen to an old episode, you know, you give it some time, you go back, you give it a re-listen, you know, you might hear new things. You never know what you'll find. Yeah, please listen to State of the Franchise. Uh, we are at State of the Franchise Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us an email, we will read your emails live on air. We've gotten a couple before. We would love some new ones. Don't have to write who you are. You can use an anonymous penman, author, or whatever. What am I trying to say? Penman? Pseudonym. Pseudonym. Pseudonym? Pseudonym. Pseudonym? Yes, that's what I'm trying to think of. An alias? An alias. Thank yeah. you. That's what I meant. An yeah. alias. You can use an alias if you don't feel comfortable. Uh, we slash SOTF. If you'd like to send a donation to the show, you can buy us both a coffee. Just drop it in our virtual tip jar. 
We are also on Instagram, Facebook at State of the Franchise Podcast with Fred and Tom. And stay tuned for next time, where we'll be talking about the very broad topic of chips. Chips. Like the show? Are y'all talking about potato yep. chips? No, no, no. Potato. Like, like, like snack chips. Potato, corn, veggie. No, not California Highway <laughs> Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that stands for? Yeah. I thought just they were both named Chip. Oh. Nope. I do have an uncle named Chip. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> we will see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. It was a Uh, Every time. (laughs) (laughs) It just sounded like that joke was very funny now. It's good. It's good. It's a good joke. It was a good joke. It was even better visual gag, but.